built to speak conventional wisdom island 1069 w-i-i-s-q west good morning i'm gwen filosa and with you for it's too early that's the name of the show and we're broadcasting right off Duval street beautiful key west florida uh, we're gonna have a guest talk about a lot of things then look at headlines and your weather forecast so uh, my guest today Opera libretta, stage director, art maker, uh, former board president of the studios of QS down here. And we have lots to talk about. Stephen Katsakos, good morning. Good morning, Gwen. Good morning. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I appreciate it. Is it too early? It, well, as I said before, I'm trying to get sufficiently caffeinated. Having <laughs> <laughs> just arisen about, you know, 20 minutes ago. But, I, you know, I think that, you know, the more I sip coffee, the yeah, the easier things will get as they normally do. So, yeah, yeah we will we will get through this together. And uh, but sure. wanted to start off. Uh, I mean, you uh, know a lot about theater. You've you've directed um, a lot of things and, and produced a lot of art. Oh, um, I wanted to talk about Stephen Sondheim. Sure. He died sure. uh, November 26th at age 91. The New York Times wrote an amazing obit about um, calling him a titan of musical theater, but also saying he kind of revived, reinvented American musicals. Can you talk a little bit about that? The, oh, sure, yeah. Um, just by the way, Gwen, are you hearing me okay? Because I'm kind of getting you a little... Um, oh, this, no. There's a little bit, a bit, a bit of a break. I mean, okay. I, I, I'm going to... You so sound good. I, I'll keep. I'll talk. Okay. Out. I'll talk. Over, I'll talk. I don't know exactly what you said, but I okay. Stephen Sondheim. Stephen. Stephen Sondheim. Um, okay. Yeah. So I mean, here's the thing about Sondheim. He has received, you know, tributes, memorials, accolades. You know, the the kind that's usually reserved for political leaders. I mean, his obituary said in the New York Times was as long as you know winston churchill's or someone like that i mean it's, it's very unusual to have that much time and space devoted not only in an obituary but also in the the you know articles and the interviews and the rebroadcast i mean terry gross on um just did a, a repeat uh, of three interviews that she had done not only with Sondheim, but with people who had performed his works. I mean, I mean Mandy Patinkin was in one, and James Lapine, and Lin-Manuel Miranda, and Stephen Colbert, who appeared um, in a production of Company with New York Philharmonic a while ago, and Neil Patrick Harris. So, um, you know, Sondheim is one of those people that really changed the, the way that people looked at musical theater. He reinvented it. And also for audience members, he was somebody who was incredibly influential in their lives. I mean, I just heard someone talk about going to New York for the first time and seeing company in 1970 when he was in high school. And then he went back and took his children to a revival. And now he's planning on taking his grandchildren to another revival of company that's opening and it's just recently opened on Broadway. So, um, yeah. It's amazing. And uh, I, I didn't realize he wrote the lyrics for West Side Story and Gypsy in the 50s. And then his best known works, um, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, Company, Follies, Sweeney Todd, Sunday in the Park with George. Into the Woods is what I grew up in with. That was yeah. very, very, uh, it inspired me. I'm not, a, I'm not a singer or composer, but it just inspired me. Can, can you talk about um, the musicals that you think of right away when you think of Sondheim? Well, I mean, I actually just finished actually teaching a three-week class for the studios of Key West, the distance learning class. We had people from all over the country called Stephen Sondheim and the... Um, 
and the reinvention of the American musical. And the three musicals that I talked about were Into the Woods, Sunday in the Park with George, um, and Sweeney Todd. Now, all all different, you know, very, very different. And, you know, we did spend quite a bit of time talking about Into the Woods. That's one of the most widely performed um, and popular choices, you know, for professional but regional amateur schools, university theaters. And that's because it has a large cast. Um, and it's musically very complex, but it's very singable. You can also, in that show, you can incorporate cross-gender, colorblind casting. You can use young people in roles, for instance. Um, so that's why it's extremely popular. But, you know, it's it's a fable at heart mm -hmm. that has the morals and it doesn't preach and it's not sanctimonious. <laughs> and it teaches us lots of lessons. And maybe that's what resonated for you when you were younger. I mean, it it teaches us that there is no such thing as happily ever after, right? Mm. <laughs> when that curtain comes down on the first act and you think, oh, wow, this is great. Everybody got their wish, right? And then you watch the second act and you find out that every act has consequences for us and th those around. There's no simple answers. Um, we never stop learning. Um, you know, the overarching moral dilemma is it is it okay to kill? I mean, you see... You know, one of these one of these uh, fairy tale characters, uh, R Little Red, you know, in the first act. I mean, she's a thief. Mm -hmm. She's stealing. She's stealing mm -hmm. buns from a baker to go see her grandmother. And then she has this rather odd, you know, kind of uh, almost sexual adventure with the wolf yes. who then you know eats her. And, you know, she gets cut out from it. And then later on in the second act, she's wearing his pelts around her neck like a mink stole, you know, and she's brandishing a knife. She's troubled. About... She's troubled. She's some trouble. Uh, but well, yeah. that musical, when they sing that, the song where they say, you know, sometimes people leave us, it just kills me. It's so good. Yeah. It's the mo right. mentioning grief and, and uh, it's a beautiful, you're gonna, I don't know if you, you're going to believe this. My favorite, I mean, one of, one of my favorites, Assassins. Assassins. I, I love that one, and I don't think it got good reviews. Um, you know, Assassins was a strange... First of all, Assassins opened during the the first Gulf War, oh, okay? okay? So, yeah. So, I mean, I you know, it, it just did. And, you know, we were stunned, of course, you know, in this period in the, in the, in the early 90s. And um, so you know, it was a musical that was not linear it it mm -hmm. didn't have a linear plot in it um it was very it was very fractious there were some scenes in which there was no music at all there was no singing whatsoever mm -hmm. um you know sondheim has, has said that it's one of his you know favorite musicals at ultra right it's a concept musical it's, it deals more with a concept than it actually does with telling a linear story and that's really hard to put your arms around when you're used to, you know, we're used to, you know, seeing and experience something that is in a linear arc that has exposition and inciting incident, rising action, you know, and that you can journey along. It's pretty hard also, Gwen, to, it's hard to empathize with people who, yes. who killed presidents or tried to or kill tried presidents. To. Yeah. Um, 
it's um what? i mean we have i think it's squeaky from one of them and john hinckley jr singing love songs to uh she sings it to, to manson he's singing to jodie foster it's it's not oh, for everybody brilliant. it's That's not brilliant. i mean john wilkes booth has a speech that is a little problematic i don't know if it's problematic <laughs> I, but i loved it because it was just so uh i, I don't want to use the word absurd but i mean it just was so um concept, concept. well no i think you're right I think you're right. I think it, so it is theater. absurd. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing you can do. And, you know, musicals are not real. Okay, everybody listening, musicals <laughs> are not real. Spoiler. They're fake. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the reason people sing in musicals is because the emotion is so heightened, it's so exalted that there's nothing else you can do but sing. Or, like in this case of West Side Story, for instance, dance. Dance. But it's music that carries the emotion that is so, you know, heightened. Um, in in uh, Assassins, for instance, that song, Unworthy of Your Love, mm-hmm. um, what Sondheim did was he listened to all these kind of pop songs of the 70s and of the period, and he came up with a trope. And he decided to bring two separate characters characters um into it's called a double hook technically it's called a double hook i don't want to sound like a show-off but that's just what it is so basically it's two people who are in the same moment and they're singing the same thing but they're unaware of each other oh okay it's not a duet see and so right so so hinkley can sing his part where he's singing to you know to jodie foster and then um squeaky from can sing her part where she's singing you know this love song to charlie manson and then they sing the chorus together. And that's what makes it chilling and powerful because you know that they are not aware of each other, but they're in the same moment. It's, it's a very powerful thing. You can do that in musicals and it's done in opera all the time. It's a very operatic convention. But it is, they, I know, I, li- I love talking about this. I, um, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's not for everybody, but I still remember the songs. I mean, they're they're good, that, that, that um, unworthy of your love is that's a great song i mean it's yeah yeah and you know as i said you know even even the the fact that it is written in a conventional kind of a a b a form which is just a pop you know convention pop song eight eight bars eight bars you know an eight bar bridge and then coming back to the eight there's a complexity in it a harmonic complexity that you won't find in in a pop song of the period of that period um, and that is, that's just another reason why Sondheim is revered. So every syllable, every note, every note value is done with consideration. It's careful. There's nothing that's capricious. There's nothing that's just in there as filler. Um, and you know why that is? That's because he considered himself a dramatist rather than you know, rather than a songwriter. I mean, he'd probably be insulted to be called a songwriter. I mean, the fact is that he he is a classic, he was a classically trained composer. So he chose the theater over the concert hall. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. He chose Broadway over the opera house, right? So that's as if, you know, Ravel or Debussy had written musicals. <laughs> but but the other the other part of it the the, the in, just incredible magnificent part is he had exquisite verbal skills so he he decided to write his own lyrics and that would be again if Ravel or Debussy had been as much of a poet and a wit as a musician so that's why his canon of work and the people appreciated it, it's it's Wagnerian almost in his influence 
of changing the way that people looked at the writing of and the performing of musical theater, certainly in the last 60 years. And yeah. Um, so. And um, again, Folly's company, these are, these are just amazing. But again, I, I think of uh, Sweeney Todd. I mean, <laughs> I go dark. I mean, Sweeney Todd must've changed. There's nothing else like it, right? Ever. Um, there, there is nothing like Sweeney Todd. I mean, <laughs> Sweeney Todd is, you know, Sweeney Todd, he never said it was opera. He mm -hmm. didn't want it to be mm -hmm. opera, but it is performed in opera houses, you know, all over the world and, you know, all over the, well, certainly in the United States. It deals with an anti-hero. Um, mm -hmm. In other words, a, a, a character, the character of Sweeney Todd is a serial killer. Not right? a nice man. But, you know, Not a nice he's man. like Dexter. He's like Dexter, he right? He so, so, you know, the typical heroic character has bravery and courage and morality, um, but the anti-hero is still the protagonist. But here's the thing. You root for him, right? You root for Sweeney Todd because, we do. The, you know, I do. his antagonist is such a squishy, oily, gross, corrupt person <laughs> that, you know, you really want, you know, you, you want Sweeney to be that he's the self-appointed judge and the executioner. He, he doles his wrath and judgment with a blade. Um, the other thing is that, you know, Sondheim was always, you know, and, you know, rather snippy. It's okay about, like, you know, these stupid choruses. People are all sing, singing the same words. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that was a, a real nice clam bake and things like that. <laughs> you know, we're saying, that's ridiculous. Like, everybody in the chorus would not be singing the same words. They would not be having the same feelings. Um, but in Sweeney Todd, there is a lot of singing that's together, but they're, they're telling a story. It's totally different. So they're they're breaking that fourth wall. They're addressing the audience directly, and they're dire when they address the audience direct directly, they are uh, addressing them, you know, as like an everyman or an every person. And so they they all are thinking the same thing. It's very 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 different. Um, but dark, yeah, absolutely dark. I mean, he. He incorporates in that the Dies Irae, you know, the, the, the Gregorian chant, that's the, um, the judgment, you know, the judgment day. And he uses the, um, the tritone, the, um, that, um, that in, inversion, da, 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 that, that's called the Diabolus in Musica, the, where the devil inhabits, where the, the Roman Catholic Church didn't let composers use that interval in any of the music that they wrote for the liturgy. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. And, and also, um, I have, I've, I read in the Times recently, he, he liked using a thesaurus and a, a rhyming dictionary and, and wrote oh, it only. I love that. He's just like, yeah, he's, a, he's not trying to hide that he uses the rhyming dictionary. I mean, he's genius. He's no. kind of uh, finding, you know, inspiration. You know, you rhyming is hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah, he he always, but he used rhyming dictionary. But you know what? So did Cole Porter. So did I Ira love Gershwin. it. I think it's great because I I always th I think I just love it because it, it's sort of like, hey, you can do this too. Like I'm not, um, you know, I, yeah. I just really like that. I love that detail. Yeah. And I just wanted to uh, wrap up by asking you, sure. who who did Sondheim kind of, I mean, inspired everybody? But what works? What what musical theater would we not have probably without Stephen Sondheim? You wouldn't have Hamilton. You wouldn't have Rent. Nice. <laughs> and you know why? Mm. Because he mentored the two writers of that, John John Larson, Jonathan Larson, and, and Lin-Manuel. 
in the writing of those two pieces. And if you've seen the, the film or go see that film, Tick, Tick, Boom, um, it, Sondheim is, you know, is, is a character in there. He, was, um, of, he had avuncular relationships with many writers, composers, lyricists, librettists, etc. He was a very, very generous person. If you wrote him a letter and asked him a question or asked him for something, there was like a 99.9% chance you would get a response from him. Um, and he he helped to develop generation a few generations um, of of new writers. So I can just tell you right away those are two works. Um, you know he influenced Tom Kitt. He influenced Michael R. Jackson. Michael R. Jackson, who just won the Pulitzer Prize last year for his musical A Strange Loop, and he's going to be here in Key West in a few weeks, by the way, as a guest of the uh, the studios of Key West Artists in Residence program. Um, yeah, A Strange Loop is about a a queer man of color who is an usher at the Lion King who is writing a musical about a queer man of color who is an usher at the Lion King. Okay, that's I love that. I'm right. in love with that right great. now. I, I yeah. need to see this. <laughs> but um, yeah. Stephen Kitsakos, thank you so much, first of all, for all you do for our community when it comes to cultural arts, for all you do for the community. It's been a delight having you, and I, I'm going to call you to come on again. I hope we, you, we, you have a lot to you talk bet. about. You're the best. Steve, have a great and productive day. Take care. Okay, Gwen. You Bye-bye. be well. Bye-bye. And thank you all for tuning in this morning to It's Too Early. I'm here weekdays, weekdays 8.15, with guests and some news, some headlines. going to play a song, and I'll come right back, so make sure you stick around. This is Alice Merton. I think this song is, I really like this song. Vertigo, Island 1069. Hands are 